G'day, and welcome to the Hunter's Campfire Podcast. My name's Mark, and along with good mate Ian, we're here to help with all things hunting. If you're looking to start, but don't know where to begin, you want to make the most of your next trip away, or even plan to hunt of a lifetime, we've got something for you. You'll find our podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and plenty of others. And if you want more, head over to our YouTube channel, The Hunter's Campfire, where we have plenty of how-to and hunting videos, along with the full video production of every podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and good hunting. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Mark. How are you? I'm very well. On this Australia Day, Australia, Australia Day, still, still Australia Day, still Australia Day. I have the uh, the battle wound to prove it. <laughs> yeah, John's got the injury to prove it. What did you say? Rum and pools and rum and, pools. Rum, and rum and swimming pools. That's it on Australia Day. It's a recipe for the disaster. Very Australian of you. That's it. That's yeah. it. Very Queensland of you, in fact. Yeah. Oh, it was it was Bundaberg rum. Absolutely. There you go. Be anything else? Single barrel as well, Mark. One year. Oh, wow. Off. Yeah. Posh stuff. The posh stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, gents. Well, the for those who are listening, the reason why we're here tonight is to talk about the current um, feral deer action plan, which I, can't I think see, you're holding up. One. Uh, uh, I better read this. I'm going to read that out, mate. <laughs> uh, this work. is the National Feral Deer Action Plan 2022 okay. to 2027 draft out for consultation. And sure. We've had quite a few people call and say, what's your opinion? Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So we thought we'd jump on a quick uh, session just to talk through what our initial thoughts are after reading through the draft. Sure. And look, for those, again, listening and watching, what we want to do is kind of give this some structure, and the reason for that is we want to be informative as possible. We don't want to get stuck on one particular subject, or have you know have a have a, a point of contention about a certain part of the plan. We want to give you an eye, overview of the plan as we see it, and also towards the end and as as we go along, some actions you could take. So we want to really look at this, I suppose, from as um, objective uh, and opinions we can form. Again, it is our opinion. Uh, we, weren't in, we weren't involved in the drafting. We weren't involved in the consultation process uh, to date. Um, and people have asked us our opinion, so that's what we'd like to provide. So to kick off, um, how do you want to go? Should we do a roundtable, guys? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I've, I've got that's a good. really easy first question that I'll just throw out there. and we'll Sure. Just... We'll take it from there. It's in a pretty easy, readable format, so we'll scroll down as we go and, and carry on. But the first question I asked as we were, we were uh, leading off this uh, in the preamble was who wrote this document? Uh, it's got some information on here. Uh, the National Feral Deer Action Plan put out by somebody with an email address of feraldeerplan.org.au. I incorrectly assumed, guys, that this was a DAF document or some sort of state or federal government document. This seems to be an independent. Yeah, so look, if you look at the last page of the document, it actually states that this was written by the Invasive Species Unit of Biosecurity South Australia. So it seems so, that South Australia is trying to write a national plan for the management of deer. 
And I, I'm, I don't know Biosecurity South Australia. I don't know if they're a, gov- a, a state government department or who they are, but that's... Mm. So that's... I've, I've actually just Googled them, and the government, it's actually a, a, a government unit. It's um, the... It's under the government of South Australia. It's under their Department of Primary Industry and Regions, um, and it's it's been brought about to um, yeah control the the established pest or feral animals or introduced animals that severely impact our environment, economy, and social amenity. Our biosecurity division maintains the productivity of our primary industries, protects our natural environments, and stay, sustains the health and well-being of our communities. Is their, their motto, what they're what sure. they're here to do. So what we can draw so far is that the national plan is emanating from South Australia. Correct. Okay. So uh, about the plan then, um, let's jump, I suppose. if there, uh, Anything else, Ian? I, I, I didn't know who wrote it, to be honest. So Yeah, it's just interesting when you dig down to it. Big disclaimer saying that, you know, the government has had no input into it and... Um, it's none of their view. It's obviously just put together in this draft format. So sure. anyway, let's let's move forward and, and, and ask them some questions. Yeah, look, for me, um, there's a, there's like a, a, a series of things that I, I, I suppose that resonate with me. One of them is, I suppose, a philosophical approach. <laughs> and that is that since um, colonisation, we've introduced species to this country, vertebrate species. So, you know, cane toads, you know, foxes, rabbits, hares, um, deer, pigs, goats, uh, lots of birds, uh, 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 trout, fish, um, lots of other things that I probably uh, should should know. Can't forget buffalo. Carp, carp, Okay, we've introduced a lot of these things. Okay, (laughs) tilapia. Um, there is some argument, and I don't want to cause any controversy, that in fact the dingo was an introduced species. That it came, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a you know, from a biological point of view, it came from somewhere else to Australia, and it actually was one of the key drivers for the uh, for the destruction of the Tasmanian tiger on the mainland. It couldn't compete, and a newer, more aggressive species turned up, and the mm. old marsupial species retreated to Tasmania, where the dingoes couldn't get it. So. Um, and let's, that's an argument to have some other time, but we know that we have introduced, since colonisation, lots and lots of animals to this country. And what we know is we have yet to got, get rid of one of them. Okay? And the general way we go about trying to ineffectively get rid of something is we try and shoot it, we try and poison it, in taste of rabbits, we get a bit biological. You know, we get a, we play around with poisons, Khaleesi and Myxomatosis. Um, we try and trap them, and we try and fence them. Okay. And so far, that doesn't work. And if you look at this plan, it talks about shooting, baiting, poisoning, trapping, fencing. So when I look at this plan, I kind of think, holy well, you know, holy moly, we're going where this plan is suggesting that we follow, we invest all this money and follow this playlist that to date, you know, hasn't worked. It's like, you know, if it's just we're, we're, we're repeating the old processes that don't work and we have an opportunity here to actually look at deer as 
a valuable resource that needs to be managed but has an opportunity to actually not be a sunk loss. And this plan doesn't recognise that. This plan goes, kill them, you know, shoot them, poison them, trap them, fence them, problem solved. We haven't, but if you did that for any other species, we know that that doesn't work. Just doesn't work. Yeah. And I mean, Johnny, you you gave a, a you, before when we we're talking about numbers. What was the number that you quoted that recreational hunting provides to Victoria? So in 2019, the economic benefits of Victoria was $356 million um, and 3,138 jobs. Okay. And I know New South Wales does that each year as well. They do, a, you know, a, 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 a financial – in fact, the survey's just gone out about the financial benefits of recreational hunting. And, and, and they actually break that down, and of that $356 million, $201 million was actually deer. So that shows the economic benefit of, of deer and deer hunting, just in so, Victoria alone. That's it. So we've got $200 million a year economic benefit from, just put, from deer. putting, just putting from deer. deer on the ground. Correct. And this doesn't look at that at all. It doesn't go, okay, how can we turn this into an economic benefit? And look, the reality is if you do that, it pays for itself. So that's one of the, you know, one of the bugbears that I get out of this it's just repeating the old failed mantra. It's not saying, okay, let's look at this differently. What can we do here? Let me play devil, devil's advocate for a moment. Um, I completely agree with what you're saying, by the way. I'm just going to throw some stuff out here. Um, it does say on uh, page four, which is the first page of the executive summary, that it is not within the scope of this plan to set objectives for managing deer as a hunting resource. It doesn't mean that that's not possible. That just said it's not in the scope of this plan. Yeah. For trophies, meat, or recreation, this is because the approach to sustain or improve hunting experiences are different from the best practice approaches to reduce or minimise the impacts of feral deer. So they called that out. Um, they're two very different things, and potentially the two of them can still stand side by side. They can go through a process of containing or reducing whether that works or doesn't work, um, using the leftovers, if you want to put it that way, to be managed as a hunting resource is still possible. They're just not calling it out here, right? That's right. So right. what I feel what this report is doing is it, it's kind of saying, yeah, you guys over there, you know, you, you, with, your, with your funny clothes on and, you, you know, yeah, you bang a deer and you put the trophy on the wall and you put some in your fridge, but the grown-ups are figuring out the real problem. The, the trouble with that is, and one is it dismisses a group uh, within the community, and if we're going to be, and this document's all about community, well, mm. again, recreational hunters are part of the community. In in Victoria, there's 50,000 of them, nearly 50,000 of them. In New South Wales, there's 25,000, and those numbers I'm quoting are those who have the licences, so there is a lot more people who aren't licensed, and, you know, or, so there is at least 25,000 in, in New South Wales. 50,000 in Victoria, 6,000 licences issued um, the best stats we could find for Tasmania. Can't uh, give you stats for um, Queensland, but we know that our great friend Ned and his association with the Pig Dog, uh, the Pig, uh, Pig Dog Hunting Association, um, they put out uh, uh, basically some stats to show how many pigs their members knock over every, every week. So... You'd probably think that in real terms, the people who kill more deer than anyone else on the East Coast are us assassins in this room. Mm. 
we're banging over, we're knocking more deer over than anyone else. So to kind of say that recreational hunting is kind of like, you know, a little sidebar issue where, you know, over here playing is actually to ignore the fact that there is probably, a significant role to well, play. That's right. And look, there's no way that we're providing the only role, but that's recognised globally that hunting doesn't provide Absolutely. the only role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just provides a really good tool in a kit bag of management. So, and that's what, and you see that all through that document, which I find really odd because at one stage, you know, they're, they're, in one instance they're d- dismissing recreational hunting. But in the next instance, they're talking about the need for community, so and, and yeah. then and the need for um, recreational hunters to get certified and up to speed to That's support the yeah. culling programs. So, so if I'm if I whack six deer a year down in New South Wales at the moment. As a, with an R license, that's nothing. If I get this certification of WAC six now, oh, I'm part of the you know I'm part, part of the, the solution. Yeah. So you can see that to me that is very much a um, actually I got sent an article about rec- the the benefits of recreational hunting on just this subject we're talking about, and the reality is there isn't any really good research in Australia to show one way or another. It's never been researched, and there's a couple of real major problems with it. One is, for instance, if you think about Nundle, a lot of deer get shot out of Nundle, and a lot of hunters go there because a lot of deer get shot out of Nundle. Mm. So that population is getting affected, but the populations around it, just farmland, etc., they're mm. not getting hit as hard. So it has, it doesn't have, you know, you're not affecting the population in total. You're affecting opportunistic pockets and that's one of the problems with with trying to look at recreational hunting as it is as it exists um and seeing its benefits but what it does talk about is that often recreational hunting is what they say is uh over politicized and under recognized and again i think that's what this report really drums home is that it's kind of going yeah, yeah we know you're there but you know this is the big, this is the big show over here, and I I think that's I think yeah, that miss, I think that misses a really substantial reality. Mm. Yeah, and that's because it's written with some bias. Yeah, right. Um, if it was an unbiased review, then you'd have the guys over here being asked about complete eradication, and you'd have the guys over here that like to hunt them and would like them as a sustainable resource, and there'd be lots of stuff in the middle that helps yeah. support all of that. Mm. But um, Clearly, if they had an objective to wipe out the deer completely, and they could, and they could achieve that, they would do. Yeah, um, but they recognise. If you read the document, one of the, the common words they use is eradicate. That's, that's right. one that's of the right. most common yeah, words right. is eradicate. So that's it. I mean, and look, historically, you know, there's a, when I think about that, uh, I don't know if you gentlemen ever heard of the Emu Wars. The what? The Emu Wars in in, in the thirties um, in WA. Uh, because of the, the the wheat belt, emus got such to such a, a, a population that they um that you know that they, they, they there was a real there was a potential threat they were to the you know the food bowl. So they they deployed the army to, to wipe out the emus. It's called the emu wars. You can look it up. It's real real. You know who, who won? Emus won. Um, <laughs> army couldn't get rid of. Emus. <laughs> 
and so you know, and there's like there's 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 facts about it, but that it's in these shows, it's very very difficult to eradicate eradicate a a, um, a species, even a species that's a native species, by simply just that kind of interaction. The way you eradicate, you know, the way we we make species go extinct is we remove habitat and mm-hmm. we do all sorts of things. This kind of control mechanism to eradication, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a failed theory. So I, I find it a bit weird that, you know, we're, we're, we're hanging on to it. Yeah. So um, let's, just, let's just jump into a couple of those sure. things then. Um, they've written here what their goals were, stop the, stop the spread, control and drive down densities, and protect significant sites. That's the main themes that sure. run through this thing. Um, and, yes, the... The methods used in the past have failed, um, but they're trying to introduce some new things here. Um, some of the things in there I, I found a little bit fast. I don't want to make this a super negative conversation. No. I think there's some mm. positives in here, and you can you can see what they're trying to do. Um, they recognise they can't be wiped out, which is for the hunter is a good thing. There's still you know opportunities for game, but there is the, the this thing that they're trying to make this a national approach. And whilst we're giving um, statistics on Victoria and New South Wales, well, they have public land programs. Um, whereas right. it says, it says mm-hmm. in here, and where Queensland is, um, you know, obviously we can't hunt public land. Uh, where Queensland is calling out all the time, you see it in the media, that we have a feral deer problem, yet it states in here from the Queensland government that they are effectively managing it through best oh. practice. That's right. Mm-hmm. But that's not working. But they say but, it's working. Well, well, so, so, depends, yeah, that's right. Depends so what's working? Who's right. going to agree with what before we can get the whole country together to yeah, help it out? I, I think that's a really in- interesting point. Um, and I think one of the things that really resonate with me is that there's a statement up front about, you know, deer, deer were, 30 years ago, deer were a novelty, and now they're, they're, they're like the, the next rabbit plague. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's in Queensland we've had we've in Queensland we've had deer for over a hundred years. Correct. Okay. So if the if the rabbit plague was going to hit, we, you know, mm. those they're they're very slow breeding rabbits. These particular rabbits, they need to get their act going. Because so, and the other thing is, you know, so it's not like we know it's not like that. Um, and the other thing is, I was really interested. They said that the species had. Increase? Did they say twenty fold or something like that in the beginning of the document? Um, that is a huge increase. Mm. Well, I, I did read that it said left uncontrolled and good conditions, feral deer populations can increase by thirty-four to fifty percent every year. Every year. Every yeah, year. So if they're saying it's only increased by twenty percent. No, yeah. twenty fold. Twenty fold. Okay. Which right. is which is that's, that's significant. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's probably right over the years. Mm. In ten years or something, it said. It, it, that's, uh, they, they say over the last period of time, and and my kind of feeling is, um, is that the case, or is it just that we're better at counting them? It's possible. I can't find the the piece you're talking about. Yeah, that's okay. No, I don't, don't, don't want to hang my hat on it. I just um, that's one of the things that you know that idea of that um, this this new. Deer plague is going to hit, and look, and I don't want, I don't want to dismiss that the fact that there is in in certain areas, and in certain certainly certain agricultural areas, deer are, are a real pest. I mean, I talk to landowners and who hate them, mm. and I, well, here, you 
So here's the comment here. So they're saying that they've doubled their range over the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in the 1980s, there were about 50,000 feral deer in the, in the 80s. And the current population is likely to have reached one to two million. Well, that's a pretty broad number. Mm. Um, so mm. let's use the let's use the the lower one. Uh, that's a that's a that's a significant increase. Fifty thousand to a million. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, like I say, no one's denying that. Um, no. no one's denying that they're moving around. Um, I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are around the way that they think that they'd like to control them. And the one that stands out to me the most is is the development of poison. Yep. Because yes. for hunters, you know, we, we can agree or disagree. It doesn't really matter um, in our own group whether we agree that this is good or bad. Um, but what are the impacts of that of that poison? Like if, they, if they're gonna if they're gonna go and drop stuff out of planes, if they're gonna develop a poison, what if I shoot that animal a day after it's eaten a bait? You know, what sort of impacts are oh, we gonna have? Oh, how are we gonna how are we gonna yeah. know about this bait that's being developed because they've never had one here. Um, they're the concerns really that I've mm. got up front about the baiting. Um, yeah. I'm not against baiting to control things. Um, I'm not for it either, but you know, it's a tool and sadly, mm. so is a bullet, you know? So, yeah. um, what do you thought? What are your thoughts? Well, I, not having a great deal of knowledge around baits. Um, my understanding of baits, baits kill, relatively quickly so you you wouldn't find yourself in that position i know someone again i got sent a study about the effectiveness of baiting and that said like cyanide is, kills dogs in about seven minutes mm. and i know um you know 1080 kills very quickly too so uh, i would assume that a, a a bait built for deer would kill that deer so there would probably be no crossover between hunter and baited animals um i don't know about uh specific um deer uh you know dietary requirements that you that you could build a bait that would only yeah that's what i was thinking would only eat but other because i mean i suppose when you're baiting predators it's you know, it's meat. It's different. Yeah. So basically, yeah. if you bait, if you bait wild dogs, a fox might eat it, mm. a cat might eat it, but a quoll might eat it. Mm. They so, have um, developed other baits that um, that have a, a, a pressure, yeah, sort of switch sensor. So you know, if it doesn't have the pressure bite of the the target that they're chasing, it won't yeah. release the spray. So I, I don't, I don't know how it's, those things work. I don't know. But, but a deer being a browser and a grazer, depending. Well, on so the that's the thing is, certain deer are browsers and grazers, but other yeah. deers aren't. Yeah. So but how are you going to differentiate between <clears throat> a kangaroo, other herbivores that are out there? How, yeah, how are they going to target? I don't, know. I don't understand that. Yeah, agreed. I don't mm. understand that. Um, I don't have any, uh, you know, the- philosophical. Um, issues with baiting if it's needed if mm. baiting is the best answer then it's the best answer but um i i kind of again i get back to this i think we it seems like we're just reaching into the old trick bag and and re, mm. rebranding it and it you know it, it hasn't worked in the past and i don't expect it's going to work in the future i mean i if you we've all hunted in forests in new south wales where there is um, baiting programs going on 
and you still see the animals that are target to that baiting program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't get them all. No. no. So again, I don't know how I don't know how effective a deer bait would be, and I don't know how effective a deer bait would be where you have red deer and fallow deer in the same area because they have different, you know, whole That's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they 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 feed differently. Mm-hmm. So I well, I guess. I, that's what. That's why they're saying they need to develop one. There isn't yeah. one. They need yeah. to develop one, and some money will go into research. I, I plan gets off the ground. That's it. I, I don't know anything enough about. I, I know that baits. Is, you eat it, and you're dead. It kills mm-hmm. it. That's it. Yeah, the, that's the, the whole deal. The, there's, um, there's speculation around 1080 for dogs. That then whatever eats the dog also gets the yeah, residual. Yeah, that's and it right. dies. Yeah. Some will argue against that. Some will argue for it. We can't really talk too much about the baiting because if it's not been developed, we don't know. But my right. natural thoughts are. How does that impact others around it? Sure. Do deer then become illegal to hunt because of the, you know, the potential side effect to humans? Like yeah. the, these are the things that scare me a little bit. Um, not My, so much the bait killing the animal. The, the, the thing about baiting, um, what, I, what I suppose, what what kind of goes pops up in my mind is, is that. <sighs> The thing about deer is they're a big animal, so you know when they're dead, they're not. If they die in what they, you know, around humans, you, you see them. You know they're not. They're not like a, a fox or a rabbit or something like that. You're, you're more likely to see them. If you think about what happened, what's happened recently with the um, the, the 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 horse coal and the and the stop of the horse coal when people started finding dead right. horses lying around, you yeah. kind of wonder <clears> if that's the same thing that's going to happen yeah. with this. You know, if someone's going to begin working and walking in the national park and come around and there's a herd of fallow that have eaten this poison and they're all dead on the ground. Well, that's a really interesting thing because one of the comments about uh, letting hunters hunt in um, in parks in Queensland was um, that that no one wants to see uh, an injured animal dying in a creek mm. when they're walking with their family for a picnic. That's you know, right. That's the image of a hunter putting a that's bad right. place shot in. Uh, the bait is effectively going to do the same thing. Well, the, the, yeah. and we might, and we know that the, 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 the interesting reality of that is if your family is going to be walking in that creek, I won't be hunting there because you're scaring a deer away. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go where your family never goes. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. All right, well, let's That's talk it. about so. a couple of the other control measures that would have raised all the hunters' eyebrows, um, especially us three, but I'm sure everyone that's read that's gone um, suppressors and thermals and mm-hmm. autoloaders. Sure. So things that we don't have access to now are now being talked about in a positive way in this report. So this is a good thing. Yeah. Where I think, do you think that's going? I think it's a great thing. I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those wonderful things called unintended consequences. Yeah. If no. you want to uh, increase the capability of, a, of someone shooting to kill more game, mm-hmm. autoloader makes sense. Yeah, so um, does a suppressor. You know, you're you not know, the whole, the and I think it's it's important that they use the word autoloader and that because, I mean, and I think it's for a lot of reasons. But one of one of the when people tend to think of these things, they tend tend to think of the AR platform. So we're, mm. we're thinking a military, a semi-automatic. But around the world, there is sporting rifles that are autoloaders. You know, there is mm. semi-automatic sporting rifles. Um, there's a couple of them that I really, really like. I wish I could own one, um, but I can't. Um, so, but if um, if they would like, if they think I'm uh, as a as a qualified hunter to carry an auto loader, thank you very much. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. 
if you want me to put a suppressor on it, well, that's just what most people do around the world in various countries. It's not a it's not a problem at all in England. In fact, it's in certain places you have to have it. It's, really it's mandatory. Weird. You it's can't mandatory. shoot with that one. Yeah, it's yep. like don't shoot. You know, you can't shoot with that. You're dangerous. You can't mm. shoot without that, or you're dangerous. You know, it's it's really weird how that mm. that that works. But yeah, carrying a suppressor, you have to carry a suppressor. So again, yeah. So as someone, that, Mark, I mean, I know you shot in the UK, but I've I lived in the UK for a number of years, and um, yeah, I hunted on properties that you had to have a suppressor. It was mandatory, right. and it's not just for the the benefit of the game. You know, you're not spooking the no. game, but it's for your own benefit. You've got the social of your own hearing. It becomes an issue, um, you know. Where you, how many old hunters do you know are hard of hearing because of you know they've been shooting oh, too yeah. much? Yep. Um, but then again, you know, you're talking about the families down in the creek line. Yeah. Well, if you're shooting with a suppressor, they're not actually probably going to know you're there um, because they're not going to hear the shot. You know, I've been sat in a high seat shooting deer, and I've had people walking up on a on a on a public bridleway or walkway behind me, and they don't they don't know you there. You take a shot, and they don't need it's it's unnoticeable. Is that is that for real, Jono? Yes. Not, yes. Not, calling, not calling you a liar, but oh, no. um, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't. You, you don't silence a high powered rifle, though. It's not no. silencing, but it makes a big difference. A huge yeah, it difference. It takes the supersonic noises away. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and in England, you do hunt next to people. Yes. You do. Yeah, yeah. You're sat, you're sat in a seat. Well, yeah, you do it in Victoria as well. You go but, hunting in public land of Victoria, you could yeah. be walking the fire trail mm. that borders someone's property. No, so, no. And, this and, is and, like, and you know, uh, like public walkway so you yeah. know public walkway public you'll public be in a high seat yeah. and you know someone will with missy with the poo bag will go on and let the high seat yeah. take yeah. absolutely true when you're shooting birds it's even worse because it's shorter yeah. range you know you'll yeah. be i, I mm. remember once we were shooting over basically we were shooting at a golf course <laughs> <laughs> this guy's playing golf and we were shooting yeah so yeah you do yeah. it's really it's really different that kind yeah. of interaction yeah. between but, hunting and and the non-hunting yeah. public it's, but it's the other fantastic. thing is they don't so you're not you're not speaking game you're not damaging your hearing you're not um you know disturbing the public around you and i mean in australia we don't have the issue of of you know it's not like england where everyone's on top of each other we have a lot of space but you know you're it actually makes you a better shot because people who are scared of recoil a suppressor is going to suppress that it makes them a better shot and then at the end of the day they're shooting better this game's not going to be spooked they're going to be shooting more game so it's it's you know it's just a win-win situation right yep. so for this for this action plan it's a good tool for Absolutely. the purposes of culling and getting more yep. you know more deer on the ground etc yep. byproduct is assuming that they allow those that get certified to use them to use them in everyday hunting mm -hmm. activities that would be great Otherwise, yeah. we're potentially get restricted. Yeah, and in the UK, it's not like it's a it's not a free for all. So you have to have a suppressor listed on your firearms license. Yeah, it's, you sure. can go off and buy one, and you can have one on all your rifles. You still have to be approved to own one. So mm. it's not like you know weapons licensing is it's just not going to know about it. They're going to know you've got a suppressor. So if you're off culling deer somewhere, you know, or poaching or something like that, chances are you know weapons licensing they're going to know who own who owns a suppressor. So it's not like we're just letting if it. it, it a free for all out there. Yeah, and once it's, again, it's though, mate. Coaching. Once again, though, you know, um, they're going to know who owns the suppressor. They'll be able to police those that have the suppressor, but it's the guy mm. that didn't yeah, register of it. Oh, of course. The one There's that's always the exception right, to the rule. But we, 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 can yeah, never, we can't build laws for, as, as I think Brian Ball said, we, you know, you either build laws for people, you know, to stop people or to, 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 to reward people. So you either build laws that make drive good behavior. Or you either build laws that try to suppress bad behaviour and suppress 
Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> it's a good word. So, yeah, and look, and don't forget, too, if we had suppressors, uh, if so we had rifles set up that were more designed for culling, as in like a suppressor, for state forest hunting when you're shooting pigs and duck goats. Mm. Yeah. When it you're makes shooting sense. deer, you know, when you're shooting deer, it, it's less startling for the animal. It's Absolutely. less trust. Yep. There's, there is a, a lot to be said about them that they make a lot of sense. Mm. It's just that, again, it's that, that politicisation of the issue. And I think that's, that's it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, very be, I'd be very happy to, to um, apply to get an autoloader with a suppressor and you stick a thermal on top and, yeah, why not? I wouldn't say no. Could be fun. Look forward to the review. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So one of the other things that I thought was quite interesting, and I'm trying to madly scroll through here to have a look at um, where I found it, but they were talking about the use of drones and night vision and those sorts of things. Mm. Um, mm. This just calls out some information that is completely wrong. Yes. Um, and that is, and I'm trying to find their exact wording, but it doesn't matter. Um, they, they, they claimed in one of the tables that um, drones are a, uh, are, are a good tool to use because they're proven not to scare wildlife, specifically deer. Mm. BS. Like, mm-hmm. Use them. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I think you should should be able to use them to throw the thermals up and, and you know, it, it, it could help you with tracking. It could help you with population numbers, etc. But they scare the shit out of deer. Yeah, well, mm. yeah. most drone footage is deer running. They're running away <laughs> as fast as they can possibly go. Run- just- or goats or pigs running. Why are they running? Because they're yeah. drone. <laughs> I don't know where they get some of the information. But yeah, anyway, right. I just wanted to state that one because it, it just yeah. dropped out of my mouth. Oh, this is mad. Well, that's, I think, uh, 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 you know, a compendium to that is is this idea of, of deer and car crashes. Yeah, um, good point. Done some re- had a look at that, uh, you can, and this is not hard information to find, for instance, if you just type in, you know, animal car crashes in Australia and you'll get the stats up. Found, uh, Craig, one of our previous guests, Craig Golding, posted something some time ago and I asked him to find it for me. Basically, um, it's something like 88% kangaroos, 6% you know, uh, wallabies. So by over 90% of car crashes with animals are macropods. Uh, then I think it went wombats, then dogs, and then there was this 1% group, which is actually, by the way, anyway, the 1% is represented by a cow. <laughs> so obviously the leader of the 1% is a cow. That was the 1% was the other group that deer would set in. Now I don't, I wouldn't want to disregard, disregard or discredit anyone who's had a car crash and hit a deer. I would say that would be a, a pretty scary thing to do. They're a big animal, but again, you wonder, you wonder why they pick that kind of platform to drive when the stats don't show that's the case. Yeah, just like this about you know, animals aren't driven by drones. Maybe they're not driven by predator drones, but, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you need, like, a predator, you know. You know yeah, I need one of those. One of those global really, walks, you know, that's right. One of those really. ones that are kilometres up. That, that's yeah, right, 35,000 yeah. feet up in the air. Maybe they don't scare you, but, you, you know, your you GoPro attached to you, that's going to scare you. We know that. So, yeah. So, and, and that kind of 
I suppose statement in there is is, is what I call that it's just the plain wrong stuff. It, yeah. it just and the the overreaching it, here. It, same, yes, the, it discredits. Yeah, yeah the same absolutely. the same social impact. Um, feral deer on private property may attract illegal poaching. Well, yeah. it might and it might not. But owning a car can attract thieves to come and steal my car, Jono. That's right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I cost that. Well, yeah. Look, if you talk to a farmer, one of the biggest problems is people coming on stealing diesel. Mm, yeah. So it's like right. saying a Land Cruiser attracts thieves. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but there's yeah, social and cultural impacts. Jono, you brought up an interesting stat about, uh, you know, about the, the money that we were generating earlier and yep. the social contribution of hunters to this to this topic. Um, you know, here, here they're trying to caution us about vehicle accidents in that 1% and, you know, over-aggressive bucks and stags, um, COVID spreading crazy deer, um, <laughs> and... Um, illegal trespass because we can't, you know, withstand temptation and the like. So, you know, that's take that, that, that's a whole bunch of interesting things. But um, the amount of money that's contributed, absolutely, is, is phenomenal. Well, again, mm. it's it's you, you know very rarely if you want you, you know you can measure something on the negative, but you can measure it on the positive. And in the reality is, if we look at um, Again, just just that number out of Victoria. Yes, there ha there is you know there is there is illegal and it's called illegal for a reason because it is illegal activities associated with deer. You know, spotlighting from the roads, poaching mm. and stuff like that. But that that's to be controlled. Mm. That's mm. what we already have the law for. What. We hardly would want to disregard that but by all the social benefits that come from the participation in recreational hunting in Victoria. It, it just doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if, you, if you're pushing that particular barra. You know, yeah. if, if you're pushing that, if that's your, if that's your platform, then it makes sense. For the rest of us, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, it's like saying, I, I, often people say, you know, it's a drive-by shooting, get rid of guns and they drive-by shooting. That's cool. Get rid of Commodores and they drive-by shooting because most of them are Commodores. So, you know, it, it, the logic is is not there. You don't blame that for an illegal action. Blame the person who, who did the illegal thing. Mm -hmm. That's how our system works. It's not perfect, but it's not a bad approach. Mm -hmm. So if there is a legal activity around hunting, as in people poaching, spotlighting stuff, go after them, go hard. And I and I I don't know any recreational hunter who has you know uh, who, who who thinks of their pursuit in an ethical manner would actually say, don't go after them because mm. we know they damage our reputation. Yes, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Go after them. Go after on, them. Get after and them. On that, and on that, do you not think if there were to um, make hunting on public land in Queensland you know legal, it would would reduce the amount of illegal hunting because we're going to have we're going to have the access that we're craving at the moment we don't have that yeah. um, and it's going to you know it's going to lead people to be able to do the right thing and go actually legally hunt and if you know the the, the few the people who are few and far between who are actually doing it illegally we're going to be reporting them we're going to say well he's you know he's trespassing he's hunting illegally um, go after him the because... same as what happens in New South Wales you know yep. With, yep. With, in the, and, in the, uh, in the uh, app that allows you to, to, yeah, to report um, it yeah, and I, and, I, and I'm, 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 have no problem saying I've, I've reported activity twice. 
So have I. Mm-hmm. Over yeah. time. And I yeah. had um, I had uh, someone from um, the R license group contact me within 24 hours. Yep, same thing. To get all the detail they possibly yep. could. And this mm-hmm. was about, you know, this was illegal pigging. Yep. Um, you know, they knew they shouldn't have been there. So, yeah, good so, on them for following it and, up. And, and that, that's right. I mean, and, you know, again, that's that's – I suppose that's something that you know through experience. You know that if, if you, if and I always find that like quite farcical when they say you know like, you know, blow-ins from from the city have come and done something. Like I can't really see that someone would drive a thousand kilometres just to do something illegal, like hunting. When you know, when they could just drive a thousand kilometres and get access to hunting. Kilometers of public land. It just makes no sense. Now, there, I, now I don't don't say that someone doesn't do that, but but for the vast majority of people, it's about I've got this opportunity to do something, so I'm going to do everything right to make the most of this opportunity. You know, it's not like oh well, I'll, I'll risk it. No way. I'm committing all this resource, time, money again, which this report doesn't kind of it doesn't even. Credit the fact that yeah. the thing about those hundred nineteen thousand deer that were shot in Victoria was they were shot by recreational hunters. So the vast majority of the costs associated with killing those deer were borne by the individuals, and they contributed to the economy. And that's right. So. That not only that's right. So not only they, <laughs> you know, they they, they shop at Morago Thirty and they do this and they do that mm. and all those wonderful things. And they buy, you know, they buy ammo for Beretta and what all that stuff, all that contribution, that's part of it. But when it comes down to it, they're funding that whole activity themselves, yep. and we're disregarding that funding. We're saying, well, that's not really that important. In fact, it's hugely important. It is. So if you think about all of those extra control measures, the auto loading, suppressors, drones, thermal tech, all of that. Their points of difference to trying to eradicate pest species in the past. It's going to give I, I, it. I, I, going to... I couldn't tell you that. I um. I, well, except I, the I, army chasing emus, I'm sure. Well, they no, had to I, think, I think I think um, I think uh, I think you know uh, uh, the trouble is we're dealing with gun laws here, but you know, pre 1996 in Australia, a rabbit rifle was generally a semi-auto, little semi-auto. Yeah, two, true. You know, so that was it. The rifle you had a rabbit rifle, so. Again, it's not new technology. It's just that for for a goodly chunk of time, it hasn't been available for over what twenty seven years, and hasn't been available to us. Mm. So. so it's more the thermals and drones and things. And yeah, yes, mm. they can be used. But um, like I said, drones scare the animals off. Um, maybe if you can push them higher and use thermals on them, that's okay. But thermals are only good when it's cool. Um, mm. You can't use them on hot days. So there's lots of yeah. And look, yeah, it's. I'm Again, just, I'm, I was. I guess what I was asking was, do you think that the 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 possibility for them to do a better job with modern technology is there? Oh yeah. I, I look. I think it's. Let's be honest. It's a hell of a lot easier to kill a deer with a rifle today than it was a hundred years ago. Sure. When you were like stuffing. Them. <laughs> well, actually, no. That's not hundred. No, they're, they're, they're still bold action, but you know, even then, you know, and it, it, so technology does make things, you know, I mean, optics a whole lot. It does make it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't negate skill. It does make it easier. 
Um, and so, you know, techno- you can use technologies, you know, what the, the term they use, a force multiplier. It makes you better on multiples. So um, just that, that stands to reason. But I think what is, I think what this report could do and which it doesn't do is it doesn't advocate for more access. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I think that is the, 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 the defining problem in front of them is they're saying that, you know, there's an, these things need to be hit harder. Okay, I, look, and, I, and I'm not going to argue about that because I don't know the science behind it. But the reality is if you look at places, and we know this for a fact in Queensland, um, our challenge is not deer, our challenge is getting access to deer. Mm. Yeah. So if you really wanted to do something about deer numbers, that would be a really good return on investment. You would advocate for places like Queensland and South Australia too, because South Australia, you know, they don't they don't have the same kind of access as Victoria and New South Wales does. So and and WA, uh, we we know there is access of a sorts in uh, uh, Northern Territory. But, but, and again, also in Tasmania. So if you really wanted to have an impact on deer numbers in a, in the, in a, in a sustainable cost effective way, you would start advocating for more hunters to get access to more deer. And look, it's, it's, it's something that's available. Like the New South Wales have, you know, openly said that they would offer the platforms and, like, get them started. Mm. It's something you could turn on straight away and you would have immediate impact. You know, yeah. this is – this is anyway, we're not going to convince anyone no, uh, about that, that here, but it is absolutely um, crazy. To me, that, that's, that's one of the – if they, yeah. you know, when I look at this document, what I see is basically tried and failed methods of control – being regurgitated as something innovative. If they really want to do control, they want to have an impact on control. Which, and, and I, I don't argue that in that that is needed. But I'm sure that there is, in certain circumstances, there is a definite need for a higher level of control. I'm not going to argue that. But if you want to do that, you won't achieve that by kind of banging the old drum. Okay, mm. it's not going to work. And why doesn't it work? Well, let me introduce you to all these feral species over here that, that seem to be doing pretty good. You know, we, we've got we've got um, continuing reports about pig numbers going through the roof. You know. So that's that's reality. It's just an example. So you have to, to my way of thinking, is you've got to be innovative. And how do you innovate? Well, one of the ways you innovate is you help you help hunters get more access. Hmm. Now, There's that doesn't different. mean you make access mandatory or you, you railroad people. You don't. You work with people, but you work a system. You find a system that works where there is an access. For instance, in Queensland, you work a system that does help with access. Hmm. And if Queensland is saying we've got a good management strategy, okay, access would only help you know, would be a would would be a, a benefit to that system. So it doesn't negate that system, doesn't override that system. It actually it, it's just a, a, a value add to that system. It's a value add for a lot of for a lot of different reasons. And if we are really concerned about community, 
Well, we all know that hunting helps rural and regional communities because it brings money in. Absolutely. There's lots and lots of benefits to be had here, but we've kind of looked at these from this really negative point of view. Mm. When you look at the, um, the big, you know, those Victorian numbers, $200 million just in, in contribution from deer. Imagine that in rural Queensland. Well, the, even if we, even if it was only a quarter, mm. if the argument was, okay, this strategy says, okay, we're going to help advocate for more access into Queensland in a, in a, in a you know, a, a wholly acceptable manner, and it's going to pump pump fifty million dollars into the rural economy. Fifty million dollars in some regional towns is a significant amount yeah, of massive. Who's going, to, who's going to say that's a bad idea? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. You know, and because we know what it does, it creates all these beneficial industries mm. around that. And yep. and what do you get? You get a, a, a control method that helps control mm. the challenge. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. Mm. I had ideas come to mind but I don't, I don't want to turn this into a um, public land access um, conversation because it, it absolutely is part of what it should be but let's go back to this um, did you have a look at the maps and did you you obviously had a read well I say do you have a look at the maps I had a look at the maps and I struggled to read them um, but applying logic you get it there because the key colours don't match the colours on the map, sadly. And yes. For the, for the colourblind yeah. guy, I struggled yeah. seriously. There was something uh, about that. I, I did remember. I look. I did this. Zone one is not the same colour. It's not anyway. It doesn't matter. I think, like I said, if you apply some logic, you can understand what they're trying to do. Um, one of the things that they're doing here is they've acknowledged that uh, in areas where many, where there are lots of large populations of deer, um, they're going to look to prioritise protecting local assets where it's feasible. But then they've got this idea of a national containment buffer zone, which is, the looks like fence. it's west of, I don't know, if, it's like that, mate. Yeah, it's like the it's two lines. Fence, it's a rabbit-proof fence. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's not a fence. It's a, theoretical, yeah. it's a tick line. It's yeah, a theoretical yeah. line in the ground that says, yeah. thou shalt not cross, Mr. Deer, yeah, that's right. or, or we'll blow you away. Oh. And maybe they'll put a whole lot more effort into that containment line or any animals that cross it. But um, for me, that, that containment line isn't natural. Deer, it's not a deer habitat. Well, I, heading again, out west. So, no, that's right. Well, yeah. that, that may be very effective. But, yeah, but what, what are we, what, why are we having well, a buffer? What, I mean, what are you buffing it, them from? They're not going to head out. It, to I the, suppose if you, run a, if you run a, a containment line west of Thargaminda to stop deer, you'll probably yeah. be pretty good. Pretty, pretty, you know, yeah. do a good job. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to claim success. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm just yeah, having like... a look at the map because I'm trying to – because there's no names on the map. Correct. It's hard to judge the distance, yeah. but there's yeah. a couple of geographical sections that will help. Um, you know, look, we, you know, what, famous walls that come to mind, you know, Hadrian's Wall, Great Wall of China, Trump's Wall, mm. you know, rabbit-proof fence dog fence all of these things this is not new and no. you know and and in in certain instances in certain ways that are applied they 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 provide a a, a part of a, a larger control strategy you know yeah they, they they work to a level um but they have to be maintained they have to well one they have to be installed and two they have to be maintained um it's not it's not 
big picture thinking. No. No. Okay. I'm just trying to... Yeah, it looks like they've got the containment. Well, west of us um, is Mori. Is the beginning of it. Uh, is, that, is it west of Mori or east of Mori? Uh, no, it's actually Gundy by the looks of it. Gundawindi, yeah, well, yeah, probably, yeah. So, mm -hmm. again, west of Gundawindi so west or east of, of... west of Gundy. Gundy yeah. is the easternmost point at, at that part of the country of the containment line. Don't so, Gundy mention, West. Yeah. Don't, mean, don't mention the Pilliger then. No, <laughs> no. Well, you know, in Texas and all of those sorts of places. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, just the containment well, line concept... They didn't put a lot of information in there about what they think they're going to do with that buffer yeah. zone. Yeah. Um, well, what I like is if you look at that national containment buffer zone, one of the, the, the last sentences, the exact location of zone to be determined. So they don't even know. No. Yeah, this is a draft. Yep. Yeah, I know, but it's yeah, it, it's just a wet finger in the air as far as I'm concerned. There's, uh, I, I, some time ago I read a, a similar um, research paper that was about deer and you know and and all the problems with deer that they generate, and it was a you know a relatively well written um, academic paper. When you got to the bibliography at the back, it was a, a, amazing how many uh, references made in that research paper about the problems of deer were taken from deer hunting knowledge in Australia and, and key people in the deer hunting industry here in Australia. It was like the person writing it read deer hunting stuff and used that to kind of negate the effectiveness of deer hunting. And you, when you read these things, that's I know you get that kind of feeling that we're not talking... This is not being written by people with a high level of on-the-ground expertise about what they're talking about. And I don't, that, and look, and I, and I may be completely wrong, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm the first person to admit I'm wrong. I was once wrong in 93, I think. Um, but anyway, um, apart from that, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to be told I'm wrong, but I'm not getting that. What I'm getting is... You know, a, a kind of hodgepodge of ideas about how to do something that we don't even really have a clear understanding of the adverse effects across the board. Agreed. Mm. So, with those sorts of statements, what do we have to be concerned about? Um, apathy. Don't explain that to those that don't. My hunting friends out there, um, uh, I have a great deal of respect for you, but sometimes we can be a little bit lazy. Mm. Um, we can't. We're too busy chasing deer to, to worry about taking the fight up to stop people from letting us to chase deer. We can be a bit apathetic, or we can be not apathetic, but we could be focused on other things, i.e., chasing deer. Um, I think one of the challenges here is that if this doesn't get challenged by people who have a vested interest, us, then it becomes law. 
or not law, but it becomes accepted it gets, knowledge. It becomes it gets, accepted knowledge, if you it will, gets a not hearing. law. Yeah. It, well, more than that, it becomes, oh, okay, it's written, so it must be true. So what is the, 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 the risk here is that hunters don't respond to this. And my advice to hunters would be to respond to it. And res- and I and I want to tell you how to respond, um, because I think that's you know that's me imposing my thoughts on 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 your opinion. But my advice is plea or my my plea is to please respond, respond, take the time, write in, read it, read it, get an understanding of it and comment on it and provide that commentary. It is vitally important that people provide commentary. So with that, I don't recall anywhere in this document, and it must be here, where it calls for input or feedback. Yep. It's got an inquiries number at the bottom. It does, yeah. But I don't see anywhere that says, here's our draft for consultation. Here's, here's how to respond. Have you seen anything? Uh, I can't. I haven't got my glasses on, so I've seen anything at the moment. I can't say I've seen anything, mate. No. I, I saw inquiries, but no, no, no request for feedback or... Right, it's... so uh, as an action... Now, um... my, my, my feeling, and I'm going to have to sort, sort through this, because I thought there was a, there was a call of a date for submissions. So I'm it probably quick, is on their websites. Just not I'm going to have a quick look while we're, we're right here to make sure I can find that. So the question I asked was, what are the risks? Um, your answer is there's a risk that people won't respond to it and therefore it becomes a document that gets passed through quite easily. But if we know that past programs have not worked. If we know that this is being pulled out of South Australia, it's not a national approach, it's it's them trying to push it forward as a national approach. If we know that they're unlikely to get consensus between the states because they struggle to do that in any way, what, what are the other risks? I'm not saying that we should dismiss this as something that someone's written and it won't get a hearing, but... Um, If it does get up in its form, they're talking about protecting assets where there's large populations of deer, controlling numbers in the buffer zone, and trying to reduce numbers with whatever budget they're given. Think it's going to have a major impact on the population? Um, I believe it'll have an impact. I think it'll have more of an impact to recreational hunters than it will to the deer mm. to be honest i think the deer are going to continue to spread regardless um maybe slower but i don't think you're going to stop it like we've we've, we've spoken about it at length we've not, we've not managed to stop any other invasive species from spreading in australia we've not managed to eradicate them we're not going to stop it i think that the biggest impact is going to be to recreational hunting and the benefit that it has to to the economy and to our yeah. you know, what we enjoy doing i think that's going to be the biggest impact and if the states don't stand up to it I think this is going to become just widely accepted across the states. And I know you say the states don't agree on everything. But we, we know that. But if no one else is putting anything else up, who's to say that they're not just going to accept it? 
Yeah. Because no one else is standing up for it. Yeah, good point. Mm. So, um, stand up, so stand up for it. Stand up for it. We've got to speak. We've got to have a voice. Like what, what works in South Australia is not going to work in Queensland. Well, I found, I found what I was looking for, and uh, it was actually uh, an email from the ADA. It says, as part of the ongoing advocacy efforts of the ADA, a detailed submission is being prepared on behalf of the membership. And then it says individual members can make private submissions via email to the coordinator at the deer plan, which is on the document. And submissions are due by Monday, the 20th of March. I knew I read something around there. About yeah. That. So, so, yeah. so, yeah, so please make submissions. Um, and we'll drop uh, the document and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that email address in the description yeah. of the video yeah. so you can find so, it easily. Um, my, I suppose, I have... I have a feeling uh, the, 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 the positive side of me is that this won't get up anyway. And if it does get up, it won't have any real effect on anything. It may um, generate some activity in certain areas. So, for instance, they might um, fly helicopters over, you know, um, Royal National Park and shoot some rooster or something like that. But I think the costs, um, the way, the where, the where, where things are at, the way, the fact that the how states work and how animals don't care about borders, mm -hmm. you know, deer do not, you know, deer don't care. Deer in the Crumbin Valley don't care about crossing over to New South Wales. You're driving through Texas and you see a chill on the side of the road. It doesn't care. If two day, you know, a couple of hours later, it's. Down there, past Goat Rock sign, you know, it doesn't care. Um, if if it can get across the America, you know, it's happy if it wants yeah. to. Yeah. Potentially, so, the 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 biggest threat then that, that I can see is if they do get funding to develop a bait program, yeah. and that becomes available to to states to use as part of their control measures. You know, that could have some major mm -hmm. impacts. Yeah, the the the, the, the uh, I suppose the the upside, and it's not really particularly an upside, but the upside of that is that states don't usually work particularly well together. So you know, and lobby groups within states might say, well, yeah, that boat's acceptable here, but it's not acceptable there, because the, the you know I I'm I'm sure, and I you know, and I've and I've had again conversations around this, is that the the kind of uneasy feeling that I have about baiting as a as a recreational hunter some landowners have that feeling too mm. but not as a recreational hunter they have it about from a different point of view mm. um there is a lot of people who have uh you know uneasy feelings about baits and and things like that you know um that's that's what it is so you know the, the, it i i the 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 uh i don't think it's a done deal but what I think it does more importantly, and I think, again, going back to my point about the importance of actually talking about this, is that if you don't know about this stuff and you read that document, you're going to probably think there's a major deer problem mm. and that they need to be banged on the head pretty quick before this problem becomes a rabbit plague and we know what a rabbit plague is or a mouse plague or something like that. And, and you know, I... I that's what is my major concern that that it it doesn't get spoken about, and so the points that are important um, for and against 
don't get aired. It becomes just, it's bad, we're going to fix it by this way. And that's kind of, and, yeah, and, and look, I can be, I suppose a motivating factor for me for that is the fact that I'm a firearms owner, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of used to it. If it's bad, blame me type mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way when it comes down around deer, you know, I, I don't, and hunting, you know. Good point. Yeah. Righto. Well, I think that probably covers most of it. I mean, there's there's more information in the document, but it's it's reasonably short. It's easy to read. Yeah. Um. It, it, mm. At least half of it is them describing habitat, um, around the maps and things like and that. Marketing. They gave, they so gave the... there's some good marketing. Uh, marketing. There's one example of how they might control by flying helicopters over uh, burnt out country for a couple of yeah. years, uh, because it's the deer run out there and have dance parties. Um, which they will go out there and, and chew that 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 uh, that new pig. Yeah, that was really yeah. quite interesting. But yeah, you, those those graphics of the like fire then yeah then samba yeah. <laughs> like they use their uh, marketing budget on that one, I think. But um, but yeah, have a read. Um, grab the information that we stick in the description so that you can send some sort of submission in there. Um, get noisy about it. There's there's no point in sitting there waiting for everyone else to do it. And I think um, everyone has a part to play, right? So yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, done for now. Hope that that was helpful for somebody. Okay. Thanks, gents. Thanks, guys. Catch ya.